Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Romans 12. Maybe we just pray first. Father, we just thank you for your word and that it is real, that it is alive, that we don't have to get familiar with your word, that we can hear what the Spirit says today, that like we sang, our hearts will be open to to hear from you, that it will come, that it will bring freedom, that it will break the limitations of the flesh, all kinds of limitations that we have up, that will take us out of the natural into the Spirit, that we'll hear what you have to say. Thank you that the Spirit is on me to preach today, and the Spirit is on them to hear today, and that we will all hear what the Holy Spirit says. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we can never hear this verse enough, but let's, let's read it. It says, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be fashioned and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you can prove for yourselves what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. The gospel, when it was taught, it was, it created so much chaos. Open book of Acts and go read what the gospel was doing. It was destroying religion, right? It was destroying religion. It was destroying religious systems. There was power. There was demonstrations. There was miracles. There was wonders. It was amazing, you know, it made people angry, but it set people free. And if you think about this world, this world wants to conform you, make, shape you to look like everybody else, like everything else. But God wants you to be transformed. And sometimes, occasionally, we have to visit what the Word actually say. You know, the dangerous part about reading one verse is you, you miss the rest of it. So you can have one verse that is like, that can fit into a conformed Christian. But if you read the rest, you actually get an idea of how massive and how out of this world this word is. And I think we've all conformed. All of us know what it's like to be conformed. And we have to renew our minds. You know, uh, there's a saying that says, when, when the miracle seems like the most logical option, then you know your mind has been renewed. When the miracle seems like the logical option, you know your mind has been renewed. If the miracle sounds hard and you don't want to approach it because of disappointments, you know that you've been conformed to this world. But when your mind has been renewed, then you, then you know that God is this my option here. I'm going to see a miracle and God is for me. Amen? Where have, we, where have you conformed? Now, let's quickly read. It says, 
Do not be conformed to this world, this age. Don't be fashioned after to its external, superficial customs. External, superficial customs. Everything in this world is external. Like me, follow me, you know, and especially with social media, we have to, we have to look like something and we have to have a following. And I, I heard something this week that blessed me. He said, who are you? And that's always an interesting question. I don't think a lot of people actually know who they are. If you say, my name is Bruce, that's not who I am. That's what my parents named me. Come on. That doesn't define who I am. All right? Uh, is it this body? No, this is my body. This is my hands. Who are you? And the whole world is trying to shape you into this external thing, but nobody can really identify who you are. Because nobody can get you the point that says, in Him, we live. In Him, we move. In Him, we have our being. In Him, we have our identity. And that's why the word is so important, because it doesn't address the outside. It doesn't address what you, what you look like. And, you know, how to be polished and how to, and some of the worst of the church has done is, I don't know, I remember growing up um, at a time, mom and dad used to take us to different churches and the ladies were not allowed to wear pants. They had to wear jeans. And if you were, if you wore lipstick, you were, um, you were kicked out. There was something wrong with you. Come on. Ladies had to wear hats and we judge people on the outside. And they were, Jesus never, ever did that. And so the, the world and religion and everything is focused on the outside. But God looks on the inside. And that's where your identity is. Is you. That's who you are. In this body, if you say, if you look at you and you realize, this is my body, well, then I'm asking you, who are you? <laughs> who is the person? God knows that person. That person, um, he knew. He, he knew you before you were born. Before you were formed, he already knew you. So the world doesn't look at things like spirit, right? That you are a spirit. The world doesn't look, like, look at that. And we just look at the external. So we have spirit, we have mind, intellect. But the person, God knows. God knows. Amen. So... Let's quickly go to Acts, Acts chapter 4. Ah, thank you, Lord. We're unique. <laughs> yeah. You are God's only you. There is none like you. You are God's only you, and he knows who you are. And he knows when you try to be like someone else, and you put on masks, and you try to be, and you try to cope in life. But God, God knows who you are. It's time you begin to discover who you are, and not putting on other things, not being conformed to this world. All right, so I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a turn here. We're going to go to Acts chapter 4. 
I want you to see the, the gospel as it was demonstrated. All right. Acts 4 verse 1. While Peter and John were talking to the people, the high priest and the military commander of the temple. Okay, so I want you to, to check his crowd. Today I've, I'm speaking to born-again believers who want to be here and who want to hear what I have to say. Peter's audience was the high priest, the military commander, and the Sadducees. And listen to what they were facing. They were vexed, being vexed. Who knows what it's like to be vexed? <laughs> okay? Being vexed and indignant. Somebody with the English help me. How do we pronounce it? Indignant. Is that right, mom? She's like, I always love my mom because I know that she's like praying for me to do well. <laughs> I think I let her down sometimes. But anyways, my English, indignant. And they were vexed through and through because they were teaching people and proclaiming the case of Proclaiming in the case of, they were teaching ugh, the, Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they laid hands on them and put them in prison until the following day, for it was already evening. Let's read on. But many of those who heard the message believed, and their number grew. We're speaking about growing, hallelujah. And came to about 5,000. Then the following day, the magistrates and elders and scribes were assembled in Jerusalem, including Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all others who belonged to the high priestly relationship. They set the men in their midst and repeatedly demanded, by what sort of power and by what kind of authority did you do this healing? Now, the story goes, John and Peter found this guy by the gate called Beautiful, and this guy was, was sick or was um, for a very, very long time. He got healed, <laughs> and the Jews or the Sadducees had this problem because they wanted to persecute the, the Christians, but they had the results. Now listen, then Peter, verse 8, then Peter, because he was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, um, comrades, <laughs> and members of the council, if we are being put on trial here today and examined concerning a good deed done to benefit a feeble cripple, by what means this man has been restored to health? Let it be known and understood by all of you and by the whole house of Israel, that in the name and through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, in him and by means of him, this man is standing here before you well and sound in body. This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you, the boulders, by which has become the head of the corner, the cornerstone. And there is salvation in and through no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. 
Now, when they saw the boldness and the unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools, common men with no educational advantage, they marveled, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Come on, man. How awesome is that? Jesus has gone a way of making a nobody <laughs> become a somebody. Unlearned, untrained in the schools, common men with no educational advantage. Here comes this guy, lay hands on the cripple, they walk, he gets up, he's speaking, and there is power, there is signs and wonders. Come on. That's what he wants to do through, through you. They, maybe Peter couldn't speak English very well, like me today. Maybe he was, he was missing the, the words, but because there was power, they marveled because they saw he was boldest, and they saw they had been with Jesus. Okay. Verse 14, and since they saw the man who had been cured standing there beside them, they could not contradict the fact or say anything in opposition. Now, you know what I love about this story is because the Peter was in a similar atmosphere before. Peter was in an atmosphere where people wanted to kill him before. And it was the same thing. They knew, they knew Peter had been with Jesus. Where was that? At the, at the, the place where Christ was crucified. So Jesus said, you will deny me three times. And where, as Jesus was taken into trial, uh, Peter followed and snuck in. And people heard Peter, the way he spoke, he said, you sound like one of his disciples. He said, nope, not me. He said, are you sure? I swear I've seen you with him. No, it's not me. Now it's a different, a, a different Peter. It's a Peter that is filled with threats coming his way. People who want to kill him. And he's standing with boldness and power because he knows who he is in Christ Jesus. Come on. This is one thing that we touched on on the weekend. Um, Ethan and I, we do some videos. And it's amazing, come Sunday, how we know we need this gathering. We know we need to come together as a church. We know we need to be here. Because something happens in us. And in this atmosphere, in this environment of like-minded people, we can believe. Peter said to Jesus, I will follow you until death in Jesus' atmosphere. Until Jesus was not there and he was in a different environment and in a different atmosphere, Peter did not follow him until death. Peter denied him. And, and for me, I don't know. Maybe I would deny Jesus as well. I don't know. You know, maybe I wouldn't make it. The point that, that I'm trying to get to is that we absolutely need to know with full confidence why we're here. We cannot be set by environments in our, in our lives. We cannot go just to church on Sunday and believe all things are possible. No one else can do these works. Jesus, we love you. And you hit Monday and you look like the rest of the world. And you talk like the rest of the world. And you fear like the rest of the world. Somewhere, something has to change in us believers that we know that should, should the, the pressure come on, should people turn against us, that you'll be immovable, 
unshakable. Come on. That's what we have to contend for. We have to contend for. Uh, I love church, and I love it when we, we come together. Uh, I used to watch this program, and it used to be called Atmosphere for Miracles. So it's all about getting an atmosphere, and then miracles will happen. But all the miracles that Jesus performed were in the presence of people who wanted to kill him. When Jesus was preaching, he didn't have background music. He didn't have a choir that was singing, there is power in the name of Jesus, while he was breaking all the chains. He was breaking them while people wanted to kill him. And I think as believers, we've said it before, we need to get to a point where we know who we are in Christ Jesus. The key is obviously Peter was filled. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it has to come to a point and to a place where we as Christians and believers know who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Push back. Push back. Don't, don't be conformed. The world is going to mold you. The world is going to try and conform you to think like the rest of the world. You know? Yeah, Bruce, but money doesn't grow on trees or whatever the, the, the thing is, the challenges that you're facing. We begin to speak to, our, to, to the mountains. I was thinking about Mark 11, verse 22, 23, 24. Jesus said, Whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, it will be done for him. And how often, how many guys struggle with a confidence to, to say, Mountain, move? Or like when Dave was saying, let there be light, you know? How many of us struggle with the confidence to to approach any kind of mountain? You know, I think most of us will take a spade first before we talk to the mountain. We'll, We'll try and dig the mountain away. Okay? And I was thinking about what is that? What is that? That thing that takes away your confidence. What is that, that where, you, where you lose your boldness um, or you lose your confidence to speak to a mountain? Where you stop talking to something you've been struggling with for a long time. Where you can actually get up and, and say, in Jesus' name, be removed. Get out of my life or get out of that person's life or my child will have a success or whatever it can be that you have the confidence to speak without any doubt. I want that. I want to I want to be able to speak and have faith with no doubt. And that's what we saw with Peter. Peter, um, if you consider his name, it was Simon. And Simon is actually a wonderful name. It's a very biblical name. Simon uh, it means a reed that's like shaken by the wind. And there is so much connection to, to Peter's name. And Jesus had to come to him and change his name. And move it from Peter, uh, from Simon, and call him Peter. Because the name Peter means rock. Rock. You're going to be sturdy. You're not going to 
be shaken around by every wind and wave. It's just out of interest's sake, um, the scriptures actually speak when Peter was walking on water, that it's when he observed the wind that he began to sink. Very interesting. His name means wind, the, the, the reed shaken by the wind. And when Peter observed the wind, that's when he began to sink. How many Simons are in this place today? Come on, how many Simons are here? And God needs to say, no, let's change your name. Let's change your identity and how you identify. Let's get you out of the mold of that. And let's get you into another mold, which is sturdy, which is a rock. Come on. And he said, on this rock, I will build my church. Immovable, unshakable. And God wants to change your name. God wants to change your identity. And he wants to give you um, a new way to work by and, and it will be like this. They will marvel at you because we know that, that guy. You know, we know that guy. That guy couldn't say an oral at, at school. You're so scared. Couldn't stand in front of people. Every preacher, almost every preacher that I know personally will say, I didn't like speaking in front of people. I had social anxiety. And God puts you in the place of, of your challenge. He says, now speak to people. No, I don't know. Come on, Moses, all of them had it. Jeremiah, all of them had it. And God takes the challenge and he puts you in a place of victory. He makes you sturdy and he makes you strong. I need, we need to get to a place. So I said, Lord, I want to be able to speak to a mountain. But I can confess I'm full of unbelief. I unbelieve before I can even believe. If I see a mountain... I'm not even, I'm going to walk around it. I'm not even going to try to say, be gone. And the Lord said, no, we can begin to contend. And, and let's, let's quickly read here. So when they saw the boldness, that is verse 13. An unfettered eloquence of Peter and John. And perceived that they were unlearned. And untrained in the schools, they were common men with no educational advantages. They marveled and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. The gospel is so simple yet so powerful that it takes a theologian to complicate it. The gospel is so simple and so powerful, but it will take a theologian to complicate it. And since they saw the, uh, the man who had been cured standing there beside them, they could not contradict the fact or say anything in opposition. Oh, thank you, Father. We want that. All right, verse 18. So they summoned them, instructed them not to converse in any way or to teach at all in or about the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves, we cannot help telling what we have seen and what we have heard. All right, now let's quickly jump to um, verse 23. They were permitted to go 
And they returned to their company and told the, the chief priests and elders and said to them, when they heard it, lifted their voices together with one united mind to God and said, O Lord, you are he who made heaven, you made earth and the sea and everything that is in them, who by the mouth of our forefather David, your servant and child, said through the Holy Spirit, why do the heathen become wanton and range, and the people imagine and study and plan vain things that will not succeed? The kings of the earth took their stand in array, and the rulers were assembled and combined together against the Lord and his anointed. Now in this city, Lord, they're actually, they met and plotted together against you, against Jesus, whom you consecrated by anointing, both Herod, by anointing, both Herod, Pilate, and the Gentiles, and Israel, to carry out all that your hand, will, will and purpose had predestined. Now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bond servants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly. <laughs> Signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child and servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Imagine having a church service like that. <laughs> Imagine we all pray with one united mind, and we say, Lord, consider this. Give us freedom. Give us boldness to declare your name. Okay? And, and the Holy Spirit comes and fills everyone, and there's a shaking. Uh, we, we had this, um, we did Way of Life by Bill Johnson at our home group on Thursday, and he was speaking about, some of you guys will remember this, there was this eager guy who wanted to come and serve in the church, so they gave this guy a really simple um, idea, uh, a simple job to do, he said, we need a couple of two by fours that are cut by one meter long. That's all you need to do. You got one job. Go do that. So he took the, the, the two by four, put it down, took his tape measure, measured one meter, cut it. And he had, but what he then did was he abandoned the measuring tape and he took the cut and he put it on the next board and he drew a line and he cut the board. And he would do that over and over until they got to him and they realized that the last board he cut was about that much longer than the first board he cut. And for those who do carpentry or whatever kind of work, you'll understand you need to measure. Because marking it off like that, you get so far away from the standard. And that's how far the church has moved from the standard of what we see here. We don't see this. We don't see the signs and the wonders like we ought to. Come on, let's just break these mental barriers in this, where we've been conformed. Every church that you know, if you take, if you take, um, let's say the Enchia church, or the Presbyterian church, or the Methodist church, if you go back in history and you find those people who 
who, found, who, who started them, I'm telling you, you'll find a very godly man there. You'll find someone with vision. You'll find someone that had a dream to, to, to change the world. Come on, the Presbyterian church was a guy by the name of, um, was it John Knox? John Knox. You must read the, the, the stories that that guy in his books, like he would pray and they, the way he would pray, he would pray the whole day. And the Bible says that, the Bible, the history books say that like a circle would melt in the snow around. He would pray in the snow. Come on, man. Um, the, the, the Queen of Scotland is quoted as saying, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of England. It's a quote. It's known. They were terrified of these guys. But the church, we build our denomination. And we copy. And we copy. And copy. And before you know it, we're so far away from the standard. And the standard was Jesus. And the standard was that you'll live a life that, that is powerful, that is above. Not saying that we won't encounter hardships. Not saying that you won't get... I picked up in my spirit, and I feel there's so many people battling with it. Discouragement. No faith. No, no fight in them. Not even the will to try, because you just don't want to. What is that? That's... that's that's one of the things that Paul said we have to take on and cast down and speak back at. I hope I'm speaking to you because I'm speaking to me. You can't. You know, if you're a son of God, if you're a Christian, you should be doing this. No. If you go a page on and you find yourself in, in Acts chapter 5, I wonder if we'll, we'll read it or not. It's fine. The Bible says many extraordinary miracles were performed by the, the, the hands of the apostles. That's like, yeah, Lord, help me with that. Because it doesn't say miracles. It says extraordinary miracles. So miracles were so normal in the days of the church that they had to write about the extraordinary miracles. Come on, think about this. Miracles were so common in the, in the early church that the ones they documented were the extraordinary ones. We think that there were one or two, but they were common. Common things were for, for miracles to happen. And so they had to document the miracles. Now we have this character, Peter, who is shaken by the wind so often. we so impulsive and has cuts off people's ears, and, but also the same guy to walk on water, does amazing stuff, heroic stuff, and stupid stuff. Now we have this guy that denied Christ three times, but is the main speaker on all the conferences that the church has <laughs> had, right? Come on. So now he's, he's, his popularity has grown so much in the sense that, but he, he made sure that people understood that it was Jesus that was healing. It was his name. It was confidence in his name. And yet we have this example. They take Peter, or they, they bring sick people, and they put, put the sick people in the street of where Peter is going to walk, that if his shadow touches them, the people would get healed. 
Now I want you to think about the atmosphere in which you live and the environment that you're in every day. Um, remind you of a sermon that we spoke like, are you a thermometer or a thermostat? Today, in this church, you might be saying, amen, preach it, powerful, miracles and wonders, and then Monday, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where we're going to get the help from. I don't know how our business is going to make it. But one day ago, you were, all things are possible. We're going to make it. <laughs> and, you, and they likened us believers to thermometers. So we change, and we change in our environment. And today, I'm a believer, but tomorrow, I'm an unbeliever. Today, Lord, I will follow you till death. Tomorrow, I don't know who that guy is. That's what Peter was. And in the, at the moment the environment changed, his heart changed. Something changed. He didn't know how to cope with that. But yeah, Jesus gave the example of being the thermostat. That he set the temperature. That he set the environment. That when he walked in, atmosphere changed when when how many times have you been in a great mood and one person comes into the room you don't even realize it he walks out and you've got a bad mood come on you, you picked up someone's atmosphere instead of setting the atmosphere we do this all of us do this all the time we walk into a place as ah the lord must help me with the mall because i don't know how to change that atmosphere if i go into a mall I'm walking out depressed. I just can't. I'll have to work on that. I have to pray in tongues or do something the whole time. <laughs> but something changes in the in, Jesus was a thermostat. Peter was a thermometer. He could give his yes when Jesus was around. But when Jesus was not around, he gave his yes to everybody else. But now Peter's different. Now Peter is filled with the Spirit. Now it's not Simon anymore. Now it's not the reed. Now it's Dwayne Johnson, the rock. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and he is walking in an atmosphere where the priests, the military, want to kill him. Sick people brought to the streets. And Peter is walking in, in the place where people want to kill him. And he's seeing results. Now I want to show you something. Um, let's go to, to, to Revelation. Chapter 21. All right, Revelation 21. Then I saw a new sky or a new heaven and a new earth. For the former sky and the former earth had passed away. And there no longer existed any sea. Now there's a lot of explanations about what the sea is and what the earth was. So for now, I'm just going to borrow certain language 
I saw a new, no, no, stay there. I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. For the former sky and the former earth had passed away. So let's quickly combine this with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the old is passed away, and the new has come. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, you still looked like you externally. You still, when you woke up in the mirror, the wrinkles were still there. The pace was not still star. Everything that was there yesterday was there today. But the new birth happened in spirit. And you are a new creation, and the old has passed away. You're not becoming a new creation. You don't become a new creation when you die. You are a new creation. And there is a reality about this verse. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former had passed away. And whatever is passed away is passed. You are new in Christ, okay? Now, some of our problem, and I think in our, in our Christian walk, is because we can't accept. Because if we look at ourselves, we still see the old man. We still see the same person, but Christ does not see the same person. Christ does not see Simon. Christ sees Peter. Christ does not see Saul. Christ sees Paul, okay? Christ sees the new man, and he understands the new man in a new heaven. Though where we walk, we don't see it like that, okay? Let's read on. And I heard a mighty voice from the throne, perceived its distinct words, see, the abode of God is with, with men, and he will live among men, and they shall be his people. And God shall personally be with them and their God. And it sounds so awesome. Let's quickly go to, um, where are we going to go? Ah, it's, this is so good. Verse 10. Then in the Spirit, he conveyed me away to a vast and lofty mountain. Say mountain. Mountain. And he exhibited to me the holy city of Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. I love that. It says descending out of heaven, right? From clothed in God's glory. Oh, it is so good. Verse 22, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God omnipotent himself and the Lamb itself are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to give light to it. For the splendor and radiance of the glory of God illuminated, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations shall walk by its light, and the rulers and the leaders of the, of the earth shall bring into it their glory, and its gates shall never be closed by day, and there shall be no night there. They shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. All right, so some of the key things that stood out there was Jerusalem, the new city, the mountain, the bride, the, the lamb, the glory of God, okay? The new and the old is passed away and the, the new has come. And I always think, wow, that sounds like 
the place that I want to be. What's interesting, it says the nations are coming and bringing, you know, will come to it. The nations will get guidance there. The nations will, will bring gifts there. And that's also you find in Isaiah. But there's going to be no night there. Okay? Now, part of our unrenewed mind is one day we'll get there. One day it's going to be all right. One day when all of this is gone, it's going to be awesome. But we don't understand something. Jesus demonstrated a life. I'm, I know it feels like I'm going on long, but it's about to get better. Jesus demonstrated a life. He said, I'm on earth, but I'm in heaven. I'm positioned in heaven. I'm, I'm seated in heaven, but I'm here. He showed us a life. But the unrenewed mind is going to postpone everything for one day. I can't have faith today. I can't one day it's going to be all right. One day I'll be better. One day I'll be healed. Let's quickly go to Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, Lord. Lord, let us hear your word. Let us take it with humility. Sometimes we preach the word with so much entitlement, but it's got to be in humility. Hebrews 12. Remember, the old has passed away, the new has come. The old has passed away, the new has come. Hebrews 12, verse 22. But rather, you have come. Say, have come. You have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem and to the countless multitudes of angels in festal gathering. You have come, and you have come to the church. Let's read it more. It's really good. You have come to the church of the firstborn who are registered as citizens in heaven, and to the God who is the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous who have been made perfect. You have come. You can read the rest of the, of the word. You have come. So Peter is walking in the streets. His shadow is healing the sick in the presence of people that are trying to kill him. And I wonder the reality that he was walking in because was the sun shining on him? Absolutely. But we read in Revelation chapter 21 that in that day you will not need the sun because the lamb will be your light and the glory of God will be your light. So I wonder if the shadow that was cast on him was not Peter walking in the awareness of the city that he actually was born again into and that the light shining on him was not the sun's light, it was the lamb's light. And maybe if we begin to walk in the reality and renew our minds out of the conformity and what, how the world has conformed and molded us to think and begin to, oh man, just try to think different. Maybe today, maybe some of you can just, instead of trying to raise the dead, try to speak some life into your business. Try to to speak life to your family. Try to walk like and talk like the word says that you can. And we begin to live in a high reality and not be set by temperatures, set by atmospheres, 
set by negativity, set by headlines, set by negative reports, but walk in the report of the Lord. Walk in what He has done for you. Walk in the reality of the finished work of the cross. Walk in your identity as a born-again believer. Walk in it. Live in it. And so, we need to move away from where, where a word like this seems strange to you. It's strange to your, to your conformed mind. It's strange to your religious mind. It's strange to your traditional mind. But the spirit inside of you is shouting, yes. <laughs> the spirit man inside of you is saying, that's who I am. That's what I want. Amen. All right, let's close. In Ephesians. I'm usually scared to preach these kind of messages because I know come Monday I'm going to be invited to walk on the water again. It's just how it works. I'm just like, Lord, don't give me this kind of word because in the week, most probably, I'm going to be challenged on it and I'm going to think back on, oh, Lord, what did I do? Why did I say that? It's so easy just to be a reed like everybody else. But if I can be filled. So let's read Ephesians 1, verse 17. <laughs> this you have to read slowly, really slowly. Paul says, I pray. I pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Right, let's maybe start with that verse. That he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insights into mysteries and secrets in the deep, intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich his glorious inheritance is in the saints. And so that you can know, I'm praying for you, so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age in this world, but also in the one which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
Jesus said, okay, we read in Hebrews 12, you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Today, you are God's city. You are the new. And we have to come out of where the world has conformed us, molded us, shaped us, and embrace the new. I don't think I know completely how to do that. But I do think we can, we can start by shifting our awareness to the place of what that scripture said. Have hearts that are flooded with light so that you can know, you know who you are, where you are, whose you are, and what you carry, who's behind you. That you, when you go, wherever you go, things change. Atmospheres change. Where you go, you're giving life to the city. You're giving life to your, um, your peers and your friends and your circles. That you're a difference, the difference maker. And it's time to stop being set. But it's time to start setting. Amen. And God wants that for all his believers. All his believers. All his believers. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's, let's pray together. Father, this word today, like I don't, I think most of us are a lot like that father who says, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, Lord, but just, just guide me into a life of, of belief because I don't know. Sometimes I want to give up. Sometimes I don't even want to use any of my energy to have faith or to believe. I just want to be on the roller coaster or go with the flow. But Lord, today, will you help our unbelief? Can we pray like, like Peter prayed? God, give us freedom. Give us, give us boldness that we can declare your name. Will you stretch out your hand and perform wonders and miracles where we walk into places where atmospheres are against us? Where we walk into work environments that, that we're constantly depressed in? Will you change that today? In Jesus' name, will you go with us? Will, can we walk in the reality of the new? That we are a new creation. That we are in a new city, the heavenly Jerusalem. That we can be light to the earth. Will you do that today, Lord Jesus? Will you, will you revive our hearts and shine light into our hearts? Faith. And Lord, that when people see us, that they won't see a reed shaken by the wind, but they'll see someone as a rock that represents the church of Jesus that will be immovable and unshakable. In Jesus' name, I speak to everybody's hearts and I say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with His presence. Be filled with faith. Have a renewed mind and be transformed into what God has called you to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.